What's working on purpose anyway? Each week we ponder the answer to this question. People ache for meaning and purpose at work, to contribute their talents passionately and know their lives really matter. They crave being part of an organization that inspires them and helps them grow into realizing their highest potential. Business can be such a force for good in the world, elevating humanity. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration to help usher in this world we all want, working on purpose. Now, here is your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, joining you live from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. If you've been tuning in for a while, you know this program is a thought leadership series that enlightens and inspires listeners with insights from distinguished business leaders and subject matter experts. Our conversations are designed to make you think, inspire you to reach ever higher to cultivate your best, and take an enlightened approach toward leadership and business. Before we get into today's conversation, I've got two announcements for you. The first one is that my book, Purpose Ignited, How Inspirational Leaders Ignite Passion and Elevate Cause, is due out on November 17th. You can pre-order it now on Amazon. It was so fun to get this thing done. The second thing I want to announce and share with you is that I've launched a new platform, an an e-learning platform called Gusto Now, and it's really designed to be a growth and transformation platform for leadership and professional development and I'm I'm doing courses in English, Spanish and Portuguese. Love it. It's so fun. Now onto this week's program. With us today is Jeff Lovejoy. He's a professional, passionate sales leader committed to doing whatever it takes to excel through influence. He's the creator of the Leader Clips Leader Quips platform, which we'll be talking about today. And he joins us today from Dallas, Texas. Jeff, welcome to Working on Purpose. Thank you, Dr. Cortez. It's great to be here. So fun. Well, we first have to tell the really fun story of how it is that we met, right? It is a fun story. So listeners and viewers catch this. I was sitting in a, a, um, a restaurant slash bar one weekday night at probably five or six o'clock at night. I had just finished doing a tango dance lesson and it was just high and feeling great about life, etc. Dropped into this fun place that I like to go to called Matchbox. And I was sitting at the bar and I happened to notice this couple next to me chatting um, very meaningfully connected in a, in a way that they were engaged and enjoying each other. And my first thought was, hmm, they must be on a date. And then as the conversation continued and I just kept stretching my ear over to hear, listen to more, I happened to notice that she was wearing a ring. I thought, oh my gosh, no way. They're married? Can't be. They're, they're, too, they're, they're, enjoying too, they're enjoying each other way too much. And then I noticed he had a ring. And so uh, they were about ready to leave it. I think you, the, you, the bill was paid and their glasses of wine were empty. And at that point, I opted to say, hey, I just wanted to acknowledge. And I told them the story of what I just told you, that I couldn't believe that they were actually married. And it turns out they had been married, I think, for something like 15 years and had had a really rough weekend and were here together and just kind of decompressing. And it was so great to be able to to meet you that way and then we happened to talk and I said something about having this thing called a radio show and you're like oh that's so great I love leadership you should be on it and that is how we met do you want to chime into that yeah absolutely so first of all for anybody who's watching just realize how strange it is to be sitting next to your wife and have an attractive lady on the other side of you straight up a conversation with the blue so that was just odd to begin with but I could tell from your energy that there was a lot more there than than just someone who was hanging out at the bar and so I love the conversation too. And after you left, um, my wife, Jenna, and I ended up talking about you for the next half an hour, 45 minutes. 
where we had been talking about our daughter. But yeah, fantastic conversation and um, great memory. And, and uh, thanks for the invitation to be on the show today. Yeah, you're so welcome. And, and I guess what I want to I want to say for our listeners is. Um, it's just a, it is the way that I do like to go through the world, but I just happened to notice magic and I didn't want to let it go. So it turns out though, that Matchbox isn't just uh, a place where I discovered magic, Jeff, but three years ago, you say that you actually hatched this idea of leader quips, which we're going to get into in just a second in Matchbox. How did that happen? So I have a really good friend, personal friend, who's, uh, his kids go to the same school that my daughter goes to, and through a combination of, of work friendship, professional friendship, and, and personal social friendship, um, we've just, we've become close friends. His name's, first name is Marco. Well, Marco and I had, were in the habit of getting together for kind of boys' night every couple of weeks, and, and we were there having a glass of wine one night, and we were just talking about different ideas we'd had over the years, and and, and so he mentioned some things. He had, you know, been rattling around his head. But I mentioned this concept that I had, that I always had a one-liner. That like everybody, I was literally famous for an analogy or a one-liner or something. I'd pull a movie clip or a song title or just something about leadership. And I said, you know, they're, they're like these little little brief stories, like little quips. And I thought, huh, leader, and right there, leader quips was born literally as, as the second glass of wine flowed. It came out of my mouth and I realized, hey, there's something there. And so that night, I think it was probably the third glass of wine, frankly, when I, uh, and I were talking and, and literally I, I still have it. I, I have the, the coaster right here from Matchbox. When I, I signed it and I said, I will, I will launch leader quips by the end of 2019. So it was a little bit late on that one, but, uh, that was the night it was hatched. Honestly. Okay. So a couple things for our listeners and viewers. First, the idea, well, let's face it. For me, I do certainly enjoy drinking wine. That's how I met the two of you. Um, but it is, it's so great that something happened where you're, you're, you're commingling with a friend and ideas are exchanged. And, but you did something about it, Jeff. You didn't just talk about it. You actually brought this thing to fruition. So before we talk about Leader Quips itself, let me ask you, why do you think leadership is important? I mean, what, what do you think, how would you, how would, what is leadership for you and why is it important? Uh, great question. So to me, leadership is in a word, in one word, it's influence. And I believe strongly and deeply, frankly, that the one thing this world needs more than even water, maybe as, as, as much as we need water and we need a higher power to believe in, we need leadership. Because, and, and whether whether the leadership is, is blue or red or purple or green or yellow, it doesn't matter. You just need leadership in general because there are people out there that just need something to, to, to bring them together. And anyway, I, I won't wax too philosophically on that one, but I just, somewhere about 20, 30 years ago, I fell on this idea that I wanted to become a student of leadership because leadership is a very complex topic. It is, it, there are so many puts and takes and yins and yangs that, um, there's no one right answer for any given situation. So I just I endeavor to become a student of leadership and you find yourself using it in all kinds of arenas, work, home, church, community, anywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will chime in and share that my perspective, my vantage point on leadership comes through the inspirational lens. No, no, no question about that, right? No, no, wow, that's shocking, given that I, I, I take the space of meaning and purpose. And so for me, um, what my book is about is really helping leaders to be able to help people recognize their own greatness, lead them to their own greatness. And in so doing, they'll be motivated to perform at their best. And I've had, I've got a a personal story about that myself, but um, I guess along those lines, you've been studying this for 30 years. We can't catalog all the things that you've done over 30 years, but what are some of the things that you've done to stoke your leadership acumen? 
So I think the first one, um, the, the loudest one actually came about as a result of a failure. Um, it was really, really kind of interesting. So I, I just went into the studio last week and did a bunch of leader clips and, and in preparing for that studio time, I was reminded of a, a very um, influential gentleman in my life named Wade Townsley. So many years ago, this is uh, 1993, um, no, 19, 1990, 1990, back in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I'm working for General Electric, a little division of General Electric. And one day my boss, Wade, calls me into his office and he said, Jeff, and he said, close the door. And he, I sat down and I said, what can I do for you? And he said, well, he said, do you have any idea how much those people out there hate you? I mean, literally that was what the word I had no idea. And I thought, well, does it really matter? I see I was an arrogant young cuss at the time, you know, fresh out of college, a couple years out of college, making a lot of money. And I thought, you know, like I was, I was God's gift to the world. Well, he assured me that I wasn't. And in a, in a matter of a few minutes, he brought me down about, about 10 notches and, and basically just told me what a jerk I was and how I was ruining the entire office and how I either needed to fix myself or he'd removed me from the organization so that I quit wrecking everybody else. Um, so that moment really kind of vaulted me onto this, this desire to just be a better human being. And so that night I ended up going to the bookstore and I, I said, hey, where's the, you know, how do you get better? Where's the self-help section? So they, the, the bookstore person pulled me into this huge aisle, this management leadership aisle. And I, did, I bought like 10 books. And of course, the number one book that I bought that night that had made the biggest difference was How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I read that thing cover to cover a couple of times and it took a while. I, I mean, I, I didn't, it wasn't an overnight, you know, non-jerk, but uh, it, it, within about six months, I had repaired some of the really broken relationships and um, started on the right path. So I, that, that was the biggest one by far. And after that, I just keep, I'm, I'm a sponge. I just, I listen to things. I look for books. I watch podcasts, whatever. Um, anything. So because, because I've had the chance to, or the opportunity to host this show for five and a half years now already, I can't believe it, Jeff. So it's, I think your episode number like 294. Um, I've had the chance to really talk with a lot of people that, who are thought leaders in the, the leadership space. And so I too, like you, I've become a student of leadership. Um, but I wonder if there's any other leaders that you have in your life that you can give us an example of beyond what you, that one early on, that also made a difference in your life. Oh, sure. Um, a few really influential ones and a few I haven't met yet. Um, very influential. Mm. Don Hillenmeyer. Um, Don is a, uh, he, he had the misfortune of hiring me at a company called NextLink that later became EXO. This was back in Tennessee. And, uh, and Don was just an amazing human being. And anybody who knows Don or anybody from Nashville who would hear this would just, they, they would run into any burning building for Don Hellmeyer. Unfortunately, he's not on the planet anymore. He, uh, he, went, to, uh, he went to go be with God uh, a few years ago and I, was, I went to the, to the funeral. Um, amazing guy, a fantastic leader. Um, why, why was he so great for you? What, what, tell, help us understand what made him so great. He, if you're, if you're familiar with the concept of level five leadership, um, personal will, um, yet also a care for, for others, so a humility with, with, with strong will. He was the epitome of that. He was a very driven, uh, very results-oriented businessman. He always had time for people. He cared about people and he saw the best in people even when they were at their worst. And he was just, he was that perfect blend of level five leader. And, and he was able to drive organizations to literally to the very top of their game but he brought along this team environment to where he literally, one of the things he did was he said, okay, well, no titles. He literally abolished the titles at Nextlink. So we were all on the same playing field, like that, that kind of leadership. 
Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to share really quick my story of someone that made a big difference to me because I wanted listeners and viewers to be able to recognize that leadership does come in all shapes and sizes. We can You can do it certainly better at some level, but um, for me, what my, my best leader that I probably first encountered that had the biggest impact on my life came into my life when I was, I guess, probably 17, and I was in a small town in eastern Oregon working, trying to get the heck out of there, population 4,800, just let me find some way to spring myself out of the small town. Ended up taking a co-op job, Jeff, um, working at this pump company as like an admin assist kind of a thing. And the owner of the company turned out to be from Portland. And he met me, he liked me, and he said, if you ever want a job in Portland, I'll give you a job. And I went, there it is. Ding, 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 hot dog. That is my ticket out. So I graduated high school, made my way to Portland. I did a little, a few months of business college, went to work for this man when I was 18 years old as his like secretary, admin assist commercial real estate development company, Jeff, the time of my life. This man gave me so much stretch assignment. He believed in me. He was fun. He was engaging. He made work really, really fun. Um, and he just, he just, he helped me become more of who I really wanted to become just in the job. Then one day, 18 months in, on the way out for lunch, I'm sitting there in the front reception area. He opens the door in front of me to go to leave. And over his shoulder, he says, you have to get out of here. You have to go see the world, get an education, do something with yourself. But before you go, hire your replacement. Right. Well, I sat there the whole time he was gone wondering, did he just fire me? And so when he came back merrily through that same door and was about to race back to his office, I stopped him and asked him the question, did you just fire me? And he said, of course I did. It would be a crime to keep you here. Here's what's important about that story. Before he said what he said, Jeff, I didn't know I could go to college. My parents were entrepreneurs. We didn't talk about college. So a bachelor's, two masters, and a PhD later, I think I can check the education box. Um, you know, seeing the world, I've lived in Spain and Brazil, which is why I speak Portuguese and Spanish. I've been all over Western Europe, South America, delivered in most of the continents. So I think I'm doing that thing. And the bit about doing something with myself, of course, that's an ongoing thing. But the point being, leaders are so important. Now, I'm not saying you have to have an impact on somebody by firing them, but by giving them the ability to see for themselves what they couldn't see in themselves is pretty spectacular. Well, he believed in you. I mean, ultimately, that's it. He saw something in you. He saw that raw talent, and he believed in you enough to offer you the job in Portland. And then he saw enough in you to know that you you were going to outgrow that pot, and he needed to, to transplant you whether you were going to do it or not. Yeah. And, uh, go ahead. Uh, as, as you, you remind me of somebody else, actually, that had even an, an impact even earlier than, than Don Hillmeyer or Wade Townsley. I go back to when I was in the fraternity uh, back at Virginia Tech. Uh, Lily, the, the president of fraternity came at time, and I, I didn't have the, the uh, I didn't always have strong, um, strong confidence. Let's put it that way. I, I'll, I'll, I'll be gentle on myself and just say there was a time in my life where my confidence was, was somewhere below zero yeah. on a regular basis. And uh, this leader of the fraternity came to me one time and he said, you know, you should run for social chairman. I was like, no way, I'm, I'm an engineer. I'm a nerd. I'm like the least social guy in the room. And he said, you should do it. He said, I see something in you and I see some other people. I see the way they respond to you. And I ran for social chairman and I actually got it. Next thing you know, I'm on the executive board of fraternity that I barely even thought should let me in. And, and, and literally that, that moment where Craig Donato told me that he saw something in me, it, it kind of spurred me to, to take the risk. So Mm, I appreciate that. So, you know, again, that goes back to seeing something in someone and then telling them, presencing that, and then that becomes the motivation and, and the inspiration to go for it. So thank you for sharing that story. And on that note, let's grab our first break. 
I'm Dr. Elise Cortez, your host. We're on the air with Jeff Lovejoy, who is a professional, passionate sales leader committed to doing whatever it takes to excel through influence. He's the creator of the Leader Quips platform, joins us today from Dallas, Texas. After the break, we're going to hear more about just how it was launched and what he's doing with it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Jeff Lovejoy. He's a professional, passionate sales leader and the creator of the Leader Quips platform. So for this next piece here, Jeff, I, I want to get into your platform. But before I do, I think it also makes sense for us to turn the tables just a little bit and hear how you have made a difference in somebody's life as their leader. Uh, great question. So uh, I've had the very good fortune of being able to lead people in a professional setting over time. I've done some nonprofit work too, quite a bit of that actually, but um, in the professional setting is where you tend to have the ability to have even more influence sometimes because they have to listen to you and even if they don't believe it or not. Um, but in uh, back in Nashville, I'll go back to some of the, the folks that I worked with pretty closely back there. Um, I remember one particular time, and I'll, I'll take the names out to, to protect the innocent, but we had a, uh, a kind of like a mentor-mentee program, and the mentees were like fresh out of college, like, you know, one, two months out of college. And um, we had this one particular young man who had great promise as a mentee, and, and he was paired up with um, his, his mentor in the group. And one day the mentor came in, and the, the mentor was not an official manager at the time. He was just a, a senior salesperson. And uh, the mentor basically said, he came to me and he, and he was all distraught because his numbers had been down for a couple months in a row. And he's like, Jeff, I, I, I just can't, I can't leave this. I can't do this mentor mentee. I got to worry about my own sales first. And, and I, I, I said, hey, come with me. So we walked into a conference room and I closed the door behind me and I said, first name, I said, first of all, this conversation is probably never going to happen. I said, but sit down. And I mean, you know what? I said, two things. Number one, I'm not going to let you give up on you. And I'm not going to even more let you give up on him as in the mentee. So I said, look, get yourself together, figure out what you need to do to get this thing right. And because you need you and he needs you even more. So this conversation is over. And I walked out and I slammed the door and, and I just kind of walked away and it worked. And now, now is, was that the perfect way to respond to all situations? Absolutely not. But it worked for that one. Because I knew he needed to not, he didn't need a shoulder to cry on. He needed a kick in the pants right then. And so I, that's one example. Um, and, and as it turned out, both of those guys went on to greater success in, in other endeavors over time. Um, I love those kinds of stories because I could, I could think of literally individual conversations like that, whether it's about personal finances or a kick in the pants or a shoulder to cry on. Um, Sometimes you just never know what they need until you until you get there and dig in. 
Well, what I also heard in that great story, Jeff, is what I refer to uh, from my logotherapy studies as self-transcendence. So what you did, in addition to that kick in the pants, is you you basically reminded him that, hey, there's somebody depending on you, and it's not just all about you. Somebody needs you. And so when we stop, when we can stop focusing on our, our ailments and our problems and what's bothering us, where we're self-ruminating, and we focus on helping somebody else, there's something about that that's pulling, that's motivating and inspiring and causes us to stop thinking about what I can't do and how am I going to come through for someone else. So I think you also activated that. It was, uh, I said, I, I had no idea that conversation was even going to happen. I just kind of pulled that arrow out of the quiver and it turned out to be the right one and it, and it worked. So, um, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. I got another funny one for, for you. Um, not made up funny, but interesting. So for years, I was collecting all this um, different material from different places about goal setting. Um, you know, Stephen Covey material and, and you know, I um, can't think of the names I like that. Tony Robbins, it just, I was collecting all this stuff. I was a sponge of collecting stuff. So I, I said, okay, I want to put together a goal setting workshop and, and use some of the, the best of the best of these individual pieces that I learned and kind of put them all together into a, this a workshop, not just a, a session. And so it turned out to be about a two hour thing. And, and each year I would go through this with our team, usually right around Thanksgiving time or early December so they could set goals for the next year and have time to burn them in and get used to them. And one particular time, I remember this, is we had a brand new recruit. She had just come on board from a competitor. I, mean, I chased her for months, right? She comes on board, and we go through the goal-setting session like two weeks into her employment with us. And afterwards, she said, Jeff, can we talk? And I said, yeah. She said, you know what? I hate to do this, but I have to quit. I was like, why? What happened? What did we do wrong? She said, no, it's what you did right. She said, the goal-setting workshop, I went home, I talked to my husband about it, and we both realized that family is the number one priority, and I want to. I, I don't want to work anymore. I want to start having kids. I mean, this is, and, and I was like, oh, wow. It was like, can't, can't argue with that one. So, you know, she worked in a couple more weeks, and, and it all worked out fine, And but she wanted to get on with life. And so, that's great. Unlock the door and let her free. You know, but it's it's those kinds of real conversations that really make a difference. Yeah, and you know, when you can help your when sometimes it sometimes it's even also right, and I know you've done this, Jeff, where you've sat down with somebody and realized that they're miscast, they're in the wrong role, and helping them move to the right role, oh my gosh, that is that's a game changer, a lifesaver, probably a marriage keeper. Yeah. <laughs> right? Have you had to do that? Yeah, well, it's I'm, I'm, the stories are flooding back whenever you ask a question like that. So um, there's one particular guy came and, and uh, he was a super smart guy, uh, first name Hagen. Um, and he was really, he was a, a good technologist. And he came in one day and he said he wanted to go and, and go deep tech and work for this one of our clients and, um, and, and go into like the cybersecurity world. And so I said, okay, Hagen, hold on one second. And, and so we're, we're talking, and I said, tell me about the job, tell me what you're thinking. These are, I, I, to me, it was a compliment when people would come to me and tell me about jobs they were getting ready to take somewhere else, right? That, they, they trusted me with the, with the conversation. And so I said, let's talk about who you are and what they need. I said, it sounds like a fascinating job for somebody besides you. I said, that's not you at all. I said, let me, let me describe the Hagen that I know. I said, the Hagen that I know loves getting out and meeting a lot of different clients. I said, You're, you love being out on points with the other reps and meeting all these different businesses. I said, you, 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 are, you love to just you know, really learn a lot about a lot of things. I said, this is going to be one thing and you're going to go so deep, you're going to get bored within weeks. And he said, I'm back and he said, yeah, I never really thought about that way. I said, dude, I'm not trying to lock the door and keep you here. I said, I want to make sure you go somewhere that's actually going to be good for you. And he said, oh, smart. 
Well, he ended up going in the energy business like three years later, but I kind of did him a favor by keeping him from making a, a career mistake. There've been two or three of those, you know, sometimes people come in, they say, Hey, I got this job. And I'll be like, great. I'll say, throw you a going away party, you know, because I mean, it's a better job. It's more money. It's what they want. Uh, and there's other times where uh, I'll talk them out of it and I'll say, you know, that doesn't sound like a good idea for you or your family. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Well, what that speaks to as well around leadership, which of course I would call out as something important is, you know, your people, you know who they are, you see them for the unique human beings they are and can steward that. That's amazing. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. It, it literally is. It, it's the number one thing is it, it, to me, there, there's, you have to know your people. You, you have to care about them. And, and it can't just be, you know, a, a, some kind of a, a logo on a wall or a saying on a quote somewhere. I mean, really, they need to know you. You need to know them and you need to trust each other or it all falls apart. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Okay, so now that we've gotten a little bit more situated into each of our experiences with leadership on both sides, tell us how LeaderQuips was born and what is it you're really trying to do with it? So it was actually born that very night at Matchbox. After Marco and I had our glass of wine, no joke, I went to my car and I did a selfie. I did the very first leader quip was a selfie in a, in a dark car about 10 o'clock at night, me talking to my, to my cell phone. It was terrible video quality, but at least I got the idea out there. It took a little while until we got to the, to the video. So um, now keep in mind, the, the idea has been ruminating. It was essentially every time I get an idea, I'd write it on a sticky note, throw it in a folder. And, and eventually the folder made its way to an Excel spreadsheet to where there's now literally 216 ideas on a, on a list of potential quips. Um, and, and so what I was doing over time is I was just capturing these ideas and, and curating them. And then as luck would have it, you know, we were talking about our daughters earlier. So my daughter is now 14. And a year ago, so the summer of 2019, she was in a, uh, a, a nerd camp. She was in a, an offset camp where she was in a learning environment. And her instructor was this incredible young man named Serge Himbaza. Well, Serge is, uh, he used to work for Microsoft. He's also a video film producer. I'm just a really fantastic guy who also cares a lot about leadership and we share some of the same spiritual beliefs. And so we connected on like four different levels instantaneously. And, and I told him about this leadership's concept and, and next thing you know, it was, it was born. So that's literally how it got launched was, was meeting Serge because he taught my daughter um, in this summer camp last year. And um, we went, the first time we went to the studio was last November. Uh, my family was out of town on a, on a trip somewhere. And so we went and spent seven or eight hours in the studio and did 20, I think 20 videos in that session and of course he did all the work on them and now we're, we're starting to run out because we just published number number 11 and number 12 goes out this week and so we had to go down and, and lay down a bunch more but i just i, I love it because i i'm uh, i have the attention span of, a, of an over caffeinated gnat and so anything more than about two to three minutes long we're going to lose the audience and, and in general i mean th- this format is great because it's back and forth but if you're just speaking i mean very short quips individual concepts and they're designed to be you know eaten like like jelly beans just one by one mm, that's awesome i love that i did watch a few of them that you've already lo- that you've launched they seem to be about five minutes um so who are they for who do who's the intended audience they are literally for anyone who wants to just understand more about concepts of leadership it is that simple it can be leadership at home in the workplace in the community in a church um, I, I wanted I wanted to be free, essentially, so that they could just be, you know, literally and go global and anybody can consume them at any time. 
And I wanted it to be the kind of thing where like, hey, I'm about to walk into a difficult situation, you know, search for it. And, oh, here's a here's a two minute clip on how to deal with difficult people or, oh, I'm about to ask for a raise or I've got an upset customer or uh, I've got somebody dealing with a family problem. I just literally just a, a instantaneously available library of concepts that can be drawn from at any time. And, and so there's. There's no published audience. I, I should probably have a more clear vision around this, but there's no defined audience. Um, I, it's, it's for anybody who is curious about how to become a better leader. It sh- should be all of us. Right. I certainly put myself in that camp forever and always. I always want to be learning and growing and becoming better as a leader and, and, and everything else as well. And I quite appreciate that they're only about five minutes because pretty much anybody could fit that in. Um, right. Next. Most of them are even less than that. I, I, I was looking at the list. Most of them are between like one and a half and three minutes. Easily digestible. What did you call it? A jelly bean? I love that. You just, you just drop in a jelly bean. That's perfect. Um, yeah. And the other thing, too, I, I do this as well. Every morning when I'm getting ready in, in, for my day and I'm in the bathroom putting on makeup and doing hair, I always have something going, whether it's from YouTube or whatever. And invariably, it's in one of the different languages. So I'm always feeding myself. So where do you envision that people are listening and consuming your quips? Well, I've got them published on, on LinkedIn, so hopefully they're seeing them in the feed. Uh, I've got them published on, on YouTube, so anyway, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, for those that actually end up on the website, the leaderquips.com website, I'll push them once a week. Um, I would push them more often, but I'd run out of content very quickly if, if, we, if I pushed them more often than once a week. But, Literally anywhere. Uh, hit them on a mobile phone, uh, share them with friends. Again, just, you know, post them on LinkedIn and, and hit the share button. But um, anywhere, anytime for consumption. Okay, awesome. And do you have a, like a release schedule? It's once a week or what's the plan? Typically once a week, either Wednesday morning or Thursday morning. Just kind of depends on what else is going on in my schedule personally. Um, and the uh, right now we've got 16 of them kind of queued up in the chamber, if you will. And, and so... Uh, number 11 just went out the door last week. Number 12 will go out the door probably Thursday morning this week. And um, I've got 16 lined up right now. And the, and the next 51 will get us through the bulk of next year uh, after Surge finishes his editing work. Okay. And another question, which I also struggle struggle with and have to address for myself on the radio show, is I have my, my, my guests are generally booked out two, two plus months. But every once in a while, I think, oh, I just wanted to have this topic right now. Today, this is timely. I need this one to be, to be addressed. Do you have plans to bump or change your schedule according to something that shows or presents itself as I need to talk about it now, or is it pretty set? Um, no, it, it can absolutely be changed. The only, uh, I guess, the limiting factor is the, the thumbnail on the front of the video because inside the YouTube studio, you can move them up or down and, and publish them in any order you want to. But once you put the thumbnail on it, say like Leader Quips number 12 or number 13 or number 14. So I just need to figure out how to, how to do the editing of the thumbnails myself. But yeah, I can move them in and out anytime I want to. Okay. I wanted to ask that question, Jeff, because a lot of, uh, of our listeners and viewers come to the show because they're, they're working on some kind of reinvention or they have an idea for themselves or trying to get to a next step, a next stage. And so whenever I can give them something more specific that will help them move their dial, move their needle, 
down the road I try to do that so thank you for letting me get specific on you um, all right let's grab our last break I'm dr. Luis Cortez your host we've been on the air with Jeff Lovejoy he's a professional passionate sales leader committed to doing whatever it takes to excel through influence he's the creator of the leader quips platform and he joins us today from Dallas Texas after the break I'm going to ask him to share a few of his key messages that he thinks are particularly important with us for us stay with us we'll be right back Dr. Elise Cortez is a management consultant specializing in meaning and purpose. An inspirational speaker and author, she helps companies visioneer for greater purpose among stakeholders and develop purpose-inspired leadership and meaning-infused cultures that elevate fulfillment, performance, and commitment within the workforce. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at EliseCortez.com. Let's talk about how to get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Dr. Elise Cortez. To reach our program today or open a conversation with Elise, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to Working on Purpose. I'm your host, Dr. Elise Cortez. I'm here with Jeff Lovejoy. We're talking about his new platform called Leader, Leader Quips. Um, so for this next segment here, Jeff, I want you to, if you would, I, uh, share if you, maybe you can do a combination of some of the quips that are already out and give us a taste of what's coming. Okay. Favorite messages. Sure, happy to do it. Um, I, I'm gonna refer to my, my list over here if you don't mind. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, cheat sheet. So uh, one of the ones that was just recently released was uh, quip number 11 about the growth cycle. Um, I would encourage anybody to, the, especially this year, especially with coronavirus, it's been a tough year for everyone. I think, I think, the, I think it's officially being known as the weirdest year ever. Um, and, and so a lot of people are going through a lot of changes. And in leader quip number 11, it's one of the longer ones, but I kind of talk about this idea that we all go through phases in life. And I don't care who you are. Some people are just better hiding it than others, but everybody goes through these phases. And, and like, for instance, you go from the growth stage to the coasting stage to the doldrums and then sort of the retooling phase. And, and since that one got published, I've had at least three different people. One, the person that that story's about, and two other people also say, hey, you know what? I didn't even realize I was in the doldrum stage, or you know what? I didn't realize I was coasting. Uh, and then somebody else said that they were talking about, yeah, I'm, I'm in the retool phase right now. So um, it really powerful concept, just about the fact that we're all a work in progress and we're all in motion, and that's perfectly okay. Um, none of those conditions are permanent. So so just use it to your advantage. Um, well, before you go to the next one, Jeff, let me, let me get that for our listeners and our viewers. Uh, it's so important to be able to do something like that, what you gave to your, to your listeners, because uh, what happens is we get we get stuck in a kind of an autopilot cycle and we don't really realize that we, we at some point could actually soon go down the drain. So if we can somehow have a way to intervene like you just did for people to say, hold on, you know, this, this, you know, let's talk about where you are. That is so important. That is such an easy, important thing to do for people. So I just really want to call that out is something that people can do for their own their own team members and for themselves. So brilliant. Thank you. Um, again, everything is collected and curated from somewhere else. So I'm just, I'm just repackaging and pushing it back out there. Um, the next one, and this one's particularly important. I mean, I think you, you said your daughter is, is in the teenage years, mine's 14. And, and those are pivotal years of, you know, it's not only what's going into your brain, but the people that you're hanging out with. 
And so one of the really powerful ones that's not out yet is that you become the average of the five people that you hang out with the most. Uh, I love you that. Know, I've heard it also rephrased as who's in your elevator with you because they're going to go up or they're going to go down with you and they're going to be the ones pushing your buttons. And so literally the people, especially, especially my daughter at 14, I mean, we all know what's out there and I'm not afraid of the world, but I want her to know what it's like. And so it's choose your friends very carefully. Make sure they are encouragers and cheerleaders. Make sure that they will tell you the real truth and not just what you want to hear. Um, you know, she, she needs strong people around her and, and her mom and I can't be that, that for her all the time. Right? We're, we're clearly two important people in her life. She gets to pick all the rest of them. So yeah, very powerful message. Oh, again, let me let me bake that in as well, Jeff, because I, I cannot I cannot stress that enough either. Um, inside organizations who you hang out with, you, you know, you probably it would be better for you to hang out with people who are smarter than you or more advanced than you. Um, definitely not the naysayers, etc. So I, I too very much believe very strongly in your association. It's, it is it is dictating. Yep. Well, and and so here's the the sub caveat to that one: Who's the one person you hang out with the most? yourself. Mm. And so one of the leader clip a couple ago was um, about watching your language. And I don't just mean what comes out of your mouth. I mean, what comes into your brain, the questions you ask yourself, mm -hmm. right? It's the simple difference between saying, you know, oh, why, why do I suck at those things versus how can I get better at those things? And whatever it is, I don't care if it's how to hit a tennis serve. I mean, literally, it, it, the way you phrase a question to yourself or to ourselves can make all the difference in what happens with that. Mm. Or you say, you know, oh, well, I always hit all the red lights. Or no, hey, I always hit all the green lights. Literally, the conversation we have with ourselves is by far the most important one we ever have. And so, for anyone out there that has, you know, what, what was referred to lovingly as stinking thinking, just try to catch that. You know, try to stop that negative reinforcing belief cycle because you hang out with you more than anybody else. And so. That's that that number one. Thoughts become things, and, and you become what you think about. Completely agree with that. Absolutely, I've actually changed some of my self-talk as well. According to, to just for that very reason, I realized some of it wasn't serving me very well. And it's insidious. It's really easy for negative thought patterns just to creep in. You don't even realize that they're, that they're negative. Or it, it, sometimes it's like the, the how do you boil a frog? Right? You just sort of turn the, the heat up slowly, and they don't even realize they're cooking themselves to death. <laughs> which actually is the next one, which is the fact that habits are the most powerful factor in our lives after our thoughts, because our thoughts become actions and actions become habits. And there was a, a great book called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. If you haven't heard of it, I strongly recommend you or anybody else that you know, pick it up. Um, a really fascinating book that's filled with all kinds of research about how um, two people, if you track them over time, you know, you call them twins or, or maybe next door neighbors, same age, same experience, same neighborhood, same socioeconomic class, but one has positive habits and one has negative habits. And literally, and, and it's the, the differences are almost imperceptible for the first five, maybe even 10 years. Around 15, 20 years, the curves start to diverge so emphatically that the person with good habits, I guess I'll, I'll do up and down, the person with the good habits, right? They, they, they get better jobs, they earn more money, they're in better shape, and they live in a nicer neighborhood. And the person with the bad habits, it's all the other things go down, their health degrades, their relationships degrade. And so it's all about those habits. Literally, you can take almost identical DNA and change the habits, and the outcome is radically different. So um, Jeff Olson, um, 
slight edge, really powerful concept. Awesome. The other thing I want to echo to that, just because I, I, I do, I am who I am and I do the work that I do is if I didn't believe in the, the potential for the human being to grow, change and transform, I wouldn't do the work that I do. So the idea being that when people say things like, well, that's just who I am. I can't change. Oh, yes, you can. I can. Oh, yes, you can. If you want to and you're willing to do the work, you can. Well, and that actually ties into another one. Uh, there was a, one of the uh, great conversations that a boss of mine had a conversation with me about um, 1989, 1990, Rick Linder, back at GE. He, he told me at the time I wasn't creative. So, of course, if, I, if something's wrong, what do I do? I go to a bookstore and I go get a book on it. So I bought a book called The Whack on the Side of the Head by Roger Von Eck. I think O-E-C-H, Von Eck. And uh, it was a fascinating book. And so one of the concepts in there was the fact that we as kids are essentially we're taught wrong. I mean, we're obviously taught the right things, but we're, but we, we educate creativity out of our children. Yes. The example was, you know, like math is the best example in math. You're taught to find the one right answer. Right. Well, a lot of things don't have one right answer. They have more than one. Right answer. So he said, just start looking for the second right answer. And that's a powerful concept for creativity. So these people say, um, Oh, I'm not creative. Well, that's because you've, convinced yourself that you're not but if you'll believe that you are and look for the second right answer you might be surprised with what creativity can can bring to you well and even going back to what you said before i've done the same thing with myself Jeff. i used to say emphatically and almost with a badge of honor i am not creative Mm-mm, not me and because i remember just experiences growing up and then over the time over the course of time and i do talk about this in my book as well is that i i kept getting people saying things like, at least you're so creative. I'm like, what's wrong with that weirdo? Clearly, they don't know what creativity is, right? But then I started saying, I started accepting that and saying, I am creative. And once I started saying, to your point, I am creative, wow, amazing the things that happened that became an expression of my creativity. So there's another one. Um, one, of, one of my, I mean, my tagline on my email says, uh, serve boldly, lead humbly, right? And, and so this concept of bold humility is something I settled on uh, probably a decade ago. And I love it because bold says I can step in. Humility says it's not about me, right? Mm-hmm. If, if, if as a leader, you want to step in just to further your own cause or advance your own name, that's the opposite of humility. But if you step in to improve the team goal or to help help a cause or help a customer or just help something to get better, that's boldness. And boldness is rewarded. And boldness should be encouraged. But humility needs to be equally rewarded and encouraged. And so um, we're, I kind of lost my train of thought of where I was going now, but the, the, the idea that, that you can just, you can step in and, oh, here I know. Um, I was giving a speech on humility one time. This is long time ago, high school seniors, rising juniors and seniors. I was supposed to give a speech on humility. I think there's a little bit of a kind of a conundrum there, right? Just on speech on humility is like, how do you do that? I came up with this concept of a, a billboard or a monument. And, and, you know, people will build, they will fight billboards, right? Because it's this big, nasty, look at me, look at me. But a monument, they'll raise money because look at what they did kind of thing. And, and I remember this conversation with these high school kids. And these are some of the most advanced kids and some of the, literally the thought leaders and the most you know, motivated kids in Tennessee. This was a statewide conference in Tennessee. And these kids had a really hard time accepting a compliment. Mm-hmm. Really, some of these kids were, they were, they were deferring. They were like, Oh no, that's not me. That was her. I'm like, no, stop, stop deflecting, accept the compliment. Now you don't have to be arrogant about it and say, Oh yeah, I'm great. But accept the comment say thank you very much the team and i did did, we worked hard on that so sometimes it can be hard just to accept a compliment and you you have to encourage people to just 
own their goodness at times. Mm-hmm. Which okay. and on the other side of that, of course, is also acknowledging the goodness of the person who gave you the compliment and not diminishing what it is that they gave you in that gift. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just I've I've been amazed at some of the people that 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 get into leadership and they want to help and serve. Sometimes it's fueled out of a lack of respect for themselves. And so I would just encourage people to own your goodness and uh, and to to believe in yourself as much as you believe in the cause of others because there, there there's a it's pretty easy to believe the bad stuff about ourselves. Mm-hmm. It is. And that brings me to, I've just got a couple more questions here. We've just only got six minutes left. It's just crazy how fast this goes. But since you brought up how hard this whole time has been, the craziest time, the craziest year of, of our lives is probably in most of us that have been on, on the planet so far. What do you think makes for a good leader in a pandemic like this? Oh, consistency. Um, a, a, a bad leader kind of shifts with the wind constantly, uh, chasing everything just because of you know the the, the concept of the day. So I, I truly think consistency is one of the one of the number ones, as long as it's a, a consistency towards a, a good goal, a worthy goal. Um, frankly, the next one I'm going to say is just listening, um, because this pandemic is. I, I'll give you an example. Um, this is affecting everybody in different ways. It's affecting all of us, but in different ways at the same time. And I, I was listening to a radio show last week and, and they said, look, he, he said, we're all in the same boat. He said, no, 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 we're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm, but we're in different boats. And like, that's it. Mm. Storm is impacting everybody, but everyone's boat is a little bit different. And so I personally am a little bit of an introvert. And so I love the fact that I can go into my office, close the door and just crank out the work. But for extroverts, that's a little tough. If you're the kind of person who gets your energy from being around other people, yeah. this is terrible for you. <laughs> exactly. Because I can't go to the restaurant I like going to. I can't together get together with my friends. I mean, it's just it's so much harder. And so to me, one of the things a leader has to do is just recognize individual differences and be able to connect with people with what they need and the way that they need it. Now, I, that doesn't mean you can suddenly open the restaurants and give them the energy, but create environments where an extrovert can get their battery recharged more so than just an introvert like me who says leave me alone i'm good yeah 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 i would add one more thing i love very much your list and from my vantage point um in my dealings i think i would add one more thing to that and that is that i would want personally a leader who i can see is demonstrating that he or she is looking for the new opportunities to keep the organization moving growing thriving so i can see that we're actively looking to remain relevant vibrant you know whether or not we have a plan we maybe don't have a plan yet because it's unfolding but i know we're at least looking to to be relevant and stay in a a thriving mode i would want that too right absolutely yeah i I got one one more quick one very quick one please Another quip that's coming out relatively soon is called get to versus have to. So this is, I would would encourage every listener you have to just wrap your head around this one. It's so simple, but it's so subtle is catch yourself saying, I have to do something. This is one that I get to do. Mm -hmm. If you've ever tried to to do this little rewording game, but instead of saying, you know, I have to take out the trash or I have to cook dinner or I have to take my kid to school, just start saying I get to. And it is a complete mind shift, and it, it throws your whole world into a positive turmoil. It's like, I get to cut the grass. I get to pick up my kid. I get to cook dinner. So it's just, it, it, it brings gratitude into everything in life, and it really sweetens life. 
It does. I love and gratitude. So it's a high, so gratitude is a psychohygienic tool. It cleans your mind. But you're also what you're also talking about is choice. The power of choice. When you say we get to do something, it's not because somebody says I've got my hands around your throat. You're going to do it. It's because I chose to do it, and therefore it's more it's more enticing, and empowering anyway. So, love that concept. Um, all right, we're almost out of time here, Jeff, and I'd like to always give my, my listeners, the, or my listeners, my, um, my guests, the last word. So you know that this show is listened to across the globe. It's all about eliciting meaning, passion, inspiration, and purpose. What would you like to leave our listeners with today? Number one, be good to yourself and pay attention to the thoughts that, that, you, that you hold in your brain because they, they literally will change your entire life. Ask yourself better questions. That's number one, is lead yourself well. Number two, endeavor to become a student of leadership. And because everything around you, your entire world will rise and fall on the quality of your leadership, whether you're a leader with a position or not, we're all leaders and we all influence others. So study how to do it well. Beautiful, Jeff, thank you. Two thanks for you. First, uh, thank you for being gettable. I, when I opened the conversation with you and your wife, you could have just turned your shoulder and said, there's a weirdo next to us. But you talked to me, so thank you first for that. Um, and secondly, thank you for sharing your passion and, and thank you for making this happen, for bringing it to bear and not letting it just pass you by one precious life. And you did something really, really important in our, and have launched it. And I really commend you for that. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Appreciate the chance to be on the, on the show and to share my thoughts. Absolutely. Listeners and viewers, if you want to learn more about Jeff Lovejoy or the Leader Quips platform that he created, you can just simply go to leaderquips.com. Last week, if you missed the live show, you can always catch a recorded podcast. We were on here with Michael Oster talking about his book, Level Up, and how to access and leverage your unique strengths, competencies, combinations for high achievement. Next week, we'll be on the air with Bob Chapman, who is the co-author of Everybody Matters, The Extraordinary Power of Caring for Your People Like Family. He's also a conscious capitalism businessman who has acquired more than 110 companies so far in order to improve the lives of the employees and the communities that they, are, that they serve. See you there. Remember that work is at least a third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Dr. Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll create a world where business operates conscientiously, leadership inspires impassioned performance, and employees are fulfilled in work that provides the meaning and purpose they crave. See you there. Let's work on purpose.